Well, I think if I were to start a startup, being at university is a great place to do it. We've got Idea Hub, which is an amazing workplace to, to work with other people. We've got iLab where you can get funding and amazing mentoring. Um, and you're just in a great environment where people want to help you do well. Welcome to UQ Changemakers, a podcast series where we interview some of the most influential and inspiring members of the UQ community. My name is Belinda McDougall. And I'm Katie Rowney. In this episode, we chat with young entrepreneur Ben Coughlin. Ben is a third-year economics student and runs the successful online business called Backyard Coach. He's been a part of Brisbane's startup scene since 2015 and earlier this year was appointed UQ's chief student entrepreneur. Ben, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. So to get started, chief student entrepreneur, what does this role actually involve? Yeah, something I'm still asking myself that to be honest, but my role is primarily charged with mentoring other students who are interested in starting their own startups and running some events for Idea Hub. Sounds like a, a big role for someone who's still a student. Do you enjoy it? I love it. I love it. My passion's entrepreneurship. I really love entrepreneurship theory and, and sharing that and teaching that. So I just wish we had more students come through the door that I could talk to. Well, this could be the, the way that we get them in your door. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so what sort of knowledge, when someone does come through that door, what sort mm. of knowledge are you passing on as a mentor? Um, well, my, my experience is primarily in product research and market research and validating ideas. So when we get people come through the door, they're normally quite early on. They just have an idea and I assist them in, in validating, finding customers to talk to, working out if their idea it is a problem they're solving, whether there's a market for it and then how we can test and take that step further. Um, but a lot of the time we get students coming in thinking that it's going to take all their whole week, it's going to take all their time, but they don't realize that you can actually validate a lot of ideas still while you're studying. You can run a business while you're studying. So that's the first thing I want to get across that it's an amazing opportunity and they should give it a go. You are the first student entrepreneur. <laughs> so tell me, what are your personal goals for this role? Because you get to sort of blaze that trail yeah, yeah. Um, well it's a very interesting role it's a very interesting role it's it's awesome that we can give a perspective to students that they can relate to so giving them the opportunity to meet another student who's run their idea while being at university um, but what I want to do with the role is is work with idea hub and hopefully reduce the churn rate at idea hub so what we normally see at idea hub which is a fantastic six-week program, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. And Idea Hub is we see we get around 100 to 80 students start, and by the end it's cut down to about 40 or 30. And hopefully with my role, we can assist to improve those numbers and hopefully retain a lot of those students and also get more of them working on ideas post-Idea Hub. When you got that job title, how quickly did you race out to update your business cards, your LinkedIn, <laughs> your email signature block? I took my time. I, 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 I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the title. I'd normally say I'm just CSE, um, but uh, it's good. It looks good, I guess. <laughs> and you keep saying validate, to validate yes. these business ideas. Yeah. What does that mean? Because to me, it sounds like someone comes in and they pitch an idea, you go and you go, mm, you're not valid. The worst thing we could do is is have someone come with an idea and tell them it's a horrible idea because we may not know. We may not be the target market, the people paying, and that's just our opinion. Um, but what validation is, is pretty much market research, working out we've got this idea and will someone give us money for it? Will people pay for it? And, and how can we test that? And something I really love about what we're doing at Idea Hub is, is what we call Lean Startup Series. How can we, especially for uni students who don't have a lot of money, how can we test if your idea will work as cheaply and as fastly as possible? Um, 
instead of you know spending lots of money up front, which I'm guilty of spending a lot of time of building a website and then finding out nobody wants it. So um, that's what validation is, yeah. You've mentioned Idea Hub a couple of times yeah. now. We might rewind and tell people what is Idea Hub? So Idea Hub is a fantastic six-week program, what we call a pre-incubator program. So that's pre-idea. You don't need an idea to join the program. It's completely free for all university students. And you can come in and we teach you over the six weeks everything you need to know to start a business. So how to pitch, how to have the idea, how to network, how to meet co-founders, how to raise money, how to protect your idea, on and on. And we pretty much set them up in a position where they can start their own idea. And I think the best thing about Idea Hub is not the program, but post-program. So after the program, you actually have access to the Idea Hub shared working space, which is an amazing room in Hawken Engineering. It's every wall's a whiteboard. There's bean bags, there's huge desks. And the best thing about it is everybody else in there is motivated and they want to work on something. So that kind of the competitive juices get flowing and you want to do just as well as them. And that's I think that's the best thing about Idea Hub, the workspace. This idea of innovation and startups, is it new or is this um, something that's been around for a long time, but we've just sort of um, getting the message out there that it exists? Yeah, it, it's definitely been around a long time. Um, I think at university alone, as well as around in the ecosystem in Brisbane, it's it's been booming the last two years. It just took off. Now people know what startups are, that it's an opportunity, that's a pathway. Um, and I think it's fantastic. I think what we've seen, especially this year, uh, with Idea Hub, we're actually having to reject people from the program because we're getting too many applicants. So um, it's it's getting a lot better, a lot faster. Has anybody come in with an idea that you thought, man, I wish I'd thought of that one? Um, <laughs> there's been some amazing ideas. There's been some amazing ideas. What we normally see is when we get 80 students in, normally two or three at the end will go on to work on something. And we normally see them go through the whole ecosystem at UQ, which is UQE, the Student Society, Idea Hub, and then iLab, which is the accelerator. And some ideas, for example, two very funny guys uh, had an idea called a Devo. Oh, that was the name of the company. And it was a self-inflating life jacket for deep sea divers. And they were two great guys, really funny guys. Great idea. I think it was their thesis program. And um, they actually ran on. They, they raised about $100,000 still working on their idea. Um, one of the ideas that I really like that's doing well at the moment is by a guy named Rishi. It's called Aquanorsha, and it's a – the whole problem was he – I think he was on exchange in Australia, and he loved going to the beach. He'd go to the beach, and he'd have to leave his phone and keys on the beach, and they'd, all, they'd, they'd lose them. They'd get stolen. So he came up with the idea of having uh, swim trunks with uh, pockets in them uh, that uh, you, the water wouldn't go through. So I, th- I had, like, lined magnets on it, which would get stronger when you go deeper. So you could put your phone and your keys in your waterproof pocket and go out swimming. So he's actually raised $250,000 on Kickstarter, which is amazing. But I think at the end of the day with, with Idea Hub, um, what we're really doing is we're, te- we're building entrepreneurs, not ideas. So we get some amazing people have come to the, to the program who may not have had an idea that's worked, but they're kicking away on their fifth, their sixth or their seventh idea, which is pretty awesome. The other element of Idea Hub that um, I've been introduced to and thought it's brilliant is the um, exchange programs or going yeah. overseas and actually experiencing some of these startup cultures internationally. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about those? It's pretty amazing. So we have two opportunities. Halfway through the year over the holidays, we send about, I was going to say 14, but this year we're actually sending 23 students. So it's, it's getting bigger each time. 23 students to Shanghai to intern for a startup there for a month. And at the end of the year, we send about the same 23 students to Tel Aviv. 
Um, I myself got to experience Shanghai last year, um, and it was amazing. It was I absolutely loved it for a lot of reasons. Um, but just looking at the difference in the startup space, it's crazy how fast people are moving there, how quickly they're testing assumptions and moving on to the next thing and changing, um, and how easy it is. The consumers there in Shanghai, it's pretty crazy. It's the whole population of Australia in one city. And it's amazing how they're all early adopters. And by that, I mean they're all on their phones. They're all trying new things. They're all happy to, to help you out and test your ideas. Um, so it was, it was mind-blowing. It was absolutely awesome in the sense of seeing a different startup scene but also getting real-world experience working for a startup and the difference in the culture there. So what we found in China, which is really interesting, is they work very hard. We'd, we'd get to the office at about 8 o'clock and finish at 7, which for me I thought was too much, but I was the first one. I was the last one in and the first one out. And they, they're there all night, 12 hours. And it's interesting seeing the difference in culture. For example, at lunchtime, what you'd often see is they all have a nap. They nap for about an hour. <laughs> well, they two. need it. <laughs> and then they get back to work, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I, don't, I, I can't comment on Tel Aviv. I've heard it was just as good, but I can't wait to go back to Shanghai. Is it in- inspiring, obviously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the best thing about the trip is when you come back, you, you've, you, your goals are magnified. You want to do everything. You want to work hard. You're so inspired. And I remember coming back from Shanghai and doing everything, working very hard. I feel like I'm doing nothing now compared to when I think back to what I did then. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think that was the best part about the trip, coming back and just wanting to kick goals. Was there anything that stood out to you as being the reason why Shanghai was really accelerating in this space, but perhaps Australia hadn't reached that level yet? Mm, they, there's a lot of government backing in Shanghai, that's for sure. Um, definitely there's a greater understanding of there's more technology, later technology, and a better understanding of how to adopt it and use it. Um, and I, th- I think there's just more people doing it, testing ideas. And, and a lot of people, the great thing is a lot of people are coming into Shanghai, which then spurs the ecosystem even further because Shanghai is, is actually quite westernized, which is what a lot of people don't realize. And Shanghai is a great place to start if you want to break into the Chinese market. And the Chinese market is huge. It's absolutely massive. So um, it's great that a lot of Western companies actually come into Shanghai and, and spur it even further. Now, you said that you came away from Shanghai absolutely inspired with heaps of ideas. Were you always this way? Did you sort of start off wanting to be an entrepreneur? Or is this something you've moved towards? Yeah, um, uh, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't say so. I think as a kid, I loved to build stuff. I loved to always go through the recycling bin and find things and put things together. Um, but to me, I didn't really realize what entrepreneurship was and, and the pathway until I finished high school. So I finished high school, I think like a lot of students, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I actually dove into a full-time job and worked there for about three months and hated it. And I realized that if I wanted to work on something full-time and put my, all my effort into it, it had to be something I was passionate about. So at the time, um, I had a friend who was researching e-commerce, so selling stuff online and selling them on Amazon in the US. So I took all the money I made from that three months and bought 500 phone cases from China and shipped them to America. But what I didn't realize at the time was I got into the worst two markets possible of of online selling, which is selling phone cases because they're very competitive. And the phone cases I bought had batteries in them. Mm. Um, So they had lithium-ion batteries, so they charge your phone. And uh, so I got into the two worst markets of phone cases and electronics. And uh, I stood no chance. I didn't make my money back. I had about $70 in my bank account after I was done buying all 500. but it was, it was, I didn't make my money back, but it was, a, it was an expensive learning experience that I'll do it again any day because I learned how to deal with customers, how to build a website. I built the confidence of, of how to run a business. Um, 
and then I realized this is what I want to do. This is what entrepreneurship is. And that was my first year at university. And that led me on to, I guess, Idea Hub at the start of my second year. And not every idea pans out, as you've just demonstrated. So do you have a backup plan, I guess, if none of your startup ideas end up turning a profit or being the right path for you? Yeah, great, great question. Something I'm still trying to work out. Um, I think that's something that that my passion in startup entrepreneurship and, and, and validation is something you want to test very early on. So I made a big mistake of buying these phone cases without knowing if anyone was going to buy them. So um, that's why I'm very interested in validation uh, because I learned it the hard way. How can you test your ideas before spending all your money on it? Um, but my backup plan um, is I think I'll, keep, I'll always be testing ideas. I, I always kind of want to work on my own thing, what I'm passionate about. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there that I'm interested in and, and I definitely think getting a job in industry is a great way to actually see what problems are occurring in industry that you can solve further on. So. Um, if nothing kicks off, then I'll, I'll be graduating at the end of this year. And my options will be open, so we'll see. Hopefully something will kick off. If not, I might have to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you said that you tried and failed. Is that what Idea Hub is trying to sort of eliminate by giving you that grounding before you launch yourself? I think failing is almost necessary. I think you're always going to fail with startups. For example, if you have an idea, even if you're validating as cheap as possible, you're going to think one person's your target market and you might fail and find out it's not them and then you've got to adjust and test something else. Um, but there's definitely ways you can dilute <laughs> the failing <laughs> where it's not where you lose all your money. Um, so definitely the, the stuff we teach at Idea Hub, like lean startup methodology, which is how can you test it as lean as possible, as cheaply and as fast as possible, are definitely ways of making sure you're not putting all your money on the table um, and risking everything without knowing. So, It's really interesting, though, that you seem just as enthusiastic after a failure. Most yeah. people would go, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm going down the, I'm going to get myself a safe job route. Um, I think you know, every failure is a, a failure is a good scar. It's a learning lesson. So I'm sure from failing, whatever I've learned, it won't happen again. So the next time I have a greater chance of doing well. Um, but I love it. It's so much fun. It's taking the risk, which is exciting. And when you're running a startup, you, you pretty much want to run with the mindset of how can I fail today? <laughs> how can I fail this business today so I'm not wasting time and working on it and losing money in the future? So um, it's a good mindset to have and you, you need to be happy to fail. And that's what we teach at the first lesson at Idea Hub. Failing is learning. So fail as fast as you can. Interesting philosophy. Um, <laughs> so moving on, you have, um, and Backyard Coach is your new um, business. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that one? So Backyard Coach, I started in 2016. So it's just when I Idea Hub had just started. So I came through the first round of Idea Hub with a friend of mine, and we had the idea of Backyard Coach. And even though I made the big mistake of spending all my money on phone cases, I made the same mistake on Backyard Coach. <laughs> I spent three months building a website, which I thought was a product that people wanted. Um, and I initially got the idea because I was a coach at my local high school. And as coaches, we love our job, but there's not a lot of opportunity. You don't work a lot, the pay's not great. So we always jump at the chance to take more jobs. And what we found was, well, what I found while coaching was that some parents actually wanted additional tuition and training for their kids outside of school hours. So for example, if, if parents were paying for a maths tutor to help them get better at maths, we actually found parents wanted tennis tutors or, or swimming tutors, which is actually quite surprising. Um, so I put two and two together and decided if we can connect these parents with coaches with, with who want more jobs, then there's an opportunity there. So 
I built a website after three months. I had no, it took me three months because I had no idea how to build a website, wasted my time and thought this is what we're selling. Came to our idea hub, realized I did everything wrong and we didn't get a customer for the first six months because we found out we were targeting the wrong athletes. We thought the people who wanted our service would be elite athletes who were at the state level who would want additional training so they could, say, go to college in the US or make the AIS. And we found out that really our customers were parents who were worried about their children in the lowest teams who, who weren't playing sport, who weren't staying active, who were losing confidence. And one of the big statistics we found was that by the age of 13, normally 70% of children actually drop out of organized sport because they don't enjoy it. So that was our pivot. We found out what the real problem was um, and we focused on that um, since then. And we were able to then go through iLab, which is the accelerator here at UQ, um, and then switch it up a little. We had a couple of issues. We found out at the end of the day, we always struggled to get enough coaches. Um, we could never get enough coaches to, to handle all the bookings, unfortunately, for a lot of reasons. And uh, when I came back from Shanghai last year, the best thing we decided, myself and my co-founder, who is my cousin, Michael, um, and a tip, be careful to get into business with your family. <laughs> uh, but Michael and I get along well. And uh, we decided, let's just focus on one sport, get as many coaches as we can. And since then, we focused on swimming. And um, we have a website where people can jump on board, read about our swimming coaches and, and book for sessions in advance. Yeah. Sounds like a great concept and one that's very important, I suppose. Um, well, yeah, with swimming. swimming. The reason we chose swimming is because there is urgency. Kids need to be able to swim, especially in Australia. They don't have to be great at tennis or basketball, but they do have to swim. Um, so it's fine. It, it, it is a very simple idea. It took us a while to get there, about two years to work out where the market was and get, and get the fit. Um, but yeah, it, it's going all right. What's really interesting to me is that often we kind of get this idea about university being a pathway to a career, but you and a lot of other entrepreneurs have started their career through the university or while they're in university. Has it been hard to balance the two? Ooh, um, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, well, I think if I were to start a startup, being at university is a great place to do it. We've got Idea Hub, which is an amazing workplace to, to work with other people. We've got iLab where you can get funding and amazing mentoring. Um, and you're just in a great environment where people want to help you and, and do well. Uh, but balancing studies with, with the startup, I think it was halfway through my second year when Backyard Coach took off, I decided to go to part-time. Um, and I did part-time as well at the start of last year. And that was very manageable, doing part-time, running my startup. And um, actually, in the second semester last year, I chose to drop out. So that doesn't sound good. It sounds to me like I'm part-time <laughs> to drop out. Um, but that was for different reasons. I decided to drop out um, because I actually wanted to learn to program so I could help my cousin build a product and we could get it out faster. Um, and now I'm back at uni now. So full-time, hopefully this is my last year. And um, I think it's definitely possible. Definitely to the stage, if you want to test your idea, I think you can test as many ideas as you want while studying but when it comes to that stage where people are calling you and people want to pay and you might have to drop down to part-time or, or focus on that a little more yeah it's a bit of a um different path to an end result but it still works and i think that's yeah. something that we're all starting to learn is that maybe you have to make a degree work for you or a situation work for you rather than that a to b situation yeah. we used to have. I really doubt Zuckerberg's yeah. sitting there going, I wish, I, <laughs> wish I'd wish i focused on my studies. Yeah, well, one of the best things that I think is, is I think there's a lot of students who were in my position where we finish high school and we have no idea what we want to do. And somehow I got into economics at UQ and I didn't, I didn't even know what economics was. I didn't even study at high school. Um, I don't know why I chose it. And um, the great thing about entrepreneurship was it gave me the ability to actually learn the soft skills while working on something I'm passionate about. 
which so I was able to work, you know, learn about economics while working on my idea in entrepreneurship. So I think it gives students that opportunity to still learn at university, even though they may not know what they want to learn yet. It's interesting you say that because most people think you come to university and you you learn one trade, be it doctor, lawyer, whatever. But UQ actually has quite a um, a, a space for innovation and um, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities, especially with student societies. I rave about student societies. I think that is one of the best opportunities where whether you're working for, I don't know, the Pokemon Society or the Boxing Society, you learn the right skills to how to deal with people, manage a team, how to sell tickets, how to get customers, how to do your finances, you have to do your audit. Um, So you actually learn the skills of how to run a business. So societies are fantastic. Additionally, there's Idea Hub, then the next stage is iLab. Um, So there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, UQ have uh, given students a lot of opportunity to to test that out, try the water. Because this is the now and the future, isn't it, startup? We're seeing a lot of money being invested in these ecosystems, as you call them. Yeah, it's growing growing very fast. I think what a lot of corporates these days are realizing now with all the technology that people have access to that anyone can test an idea in a day or two days or try something new in a week, you always have to be on the edge. You have to be testing something new, always adding more value to customers because if you don't, who knows, some uni students might start something and and (laughs) take over the market or disrupt the market. So... Um, there's definitely, if you want to have that winning edge, you have to be innovating. When you say test an idea, what does that entail? You talked to p- yeah. before about that lean startup yeah. method. Yeah. Can you give me sort of a bird's eye view of that? Yeah, so testing idea is you want to be able to find your problem fit. So I'm, I'm a very firm believer in solving the right problem. So you might have a great idea, but we've got to make sure that it's actually solving a problem that people will pay for. So you want to find your problem fit, your market fit. So is it a market that, you know, people can pay for your product because a lot of people, great great ideas come into Idea Hub, but what we found is because the people coming through Idea Hub are students, they're solving student problems and students don't have a lot of money so they can't often pay for problems. So <laughs> you got to make sure your market can pay for your problem, then you want to find product market fits. So initially with problem fit, what you'll do is you know do some surveys, get out, talk to people who you think are suffering from your problem, get to know what their end goal is, get to know what their pain points are with current solutions, what solutions are they using, how do they hear about them, and get an overall understanding of who your target market are, who are they, why is it a problem, how do they want it solved. Then you want to work out, look, look at the market, who else is solving it, how can you do it better. And then eventually, I think a great way to test product fit, so once you understand who your target market is and, and what the solution should be, is you want to get out there and just get in front of them and see if they will pay for it. So one of the best examples is a startup that came through Idea Hub called Vigo. And they're doing really well right now. And what they do is they connect students who are struggling at a course to past students who've done well at the course for tutoring. And to test their idea, all they did, I think they spent $10 and printed out 100 flyers. They understood who their market was. It was uni students. So a great way to get in front of uni students was at university. They understood the problem was you needed uh, exact course tutoring. So they printed out flyers that said, if you want a tutor for Econ 1010, call this number. And they, they would come late at night and tape them up all around university and they got 600 calls. People would call that number and that's enough proof that people need your service. And that's a cheap way of testing before you actually go ahead and spend $50,000 on building an app or a website 
and then finding out no one wants it and you lose all your money. So that's a very simple way. How can you test your idea as cheap as possible? So for example, with Backyard Coach, when we wanted to work out who really needs our problem, all we did was we put an ad on Gumtree for free saying, hey, we're a swimming instructor, we're an Indrapilly, we're happy to come to you, $60 an hour. And we got about 20 messages in a week. So that was enough validation. It was completely free. People wanted our service. So um, yeah, once you understand your market, I think what you need to do is how can we work out if they'll give us money as cheap as possible. It's interesting you brought up Vigo there because it's students solving a student yeah, yeah. problem. Do you find um, as a startup maybe that's what you look at? It, to get your ideas is your world first? Definitely. Definitely. I think without a doubt. It, one of the best, I think the best ideas actually come from people who are in industry, who are very niche because it's from your own experience. And so, for example, with Backyard Coach, that was my own, my own experience. The Adivo guys, they were deep sea divers. That's how they got the, the idea from their own experiences. So um, I read a very interesting book one day that said, if, if you're going to build a product, try and build it for yourself because you know the target better than you are the target market, so you know it well. Um, so, yeah, definitely comes from experiences, but you, you need to get to know your target market and get to know them and their problems. Yeah. No doubt you got a lot of people excited. So how do UQ students find out more about Idea Hub? Definitely. Well, they should, hopefully they have Facebook. They should follow us on Facebook. That's where we post all our notifications, what's happening and how they can apply for the new rounds. If not, they should definitely come to our room in Hawken Engineering, which is on the second level. They can walk in at any time, have a chat with myself, get to know us. So very easy. Come along. We want more people at the end of the day. I want more people to talk to and yell at. So <laughs> please come along. Seems that coach is still in uh, you, coach isn't is still it? There. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, thanks so much for that so far. But before we close this episode, um, we do have a short segment that we call Spare Change, where we get to know you a little bit better with some rapid fire questions. So, are you ready? Yep. Okay, <laughs> here good. we go. So, what's the one fact that listeners wouldn't know about you? Um, I love China. I've been learning Chinese for eight years. I learned to eight years at high school and I can't wait to go back so I'm everything about China. Fantastic although I did get the impression about that <laughs> maybe, so maybe, no. maybe they did know that about you. Um, what is the one question that you're sick of being asked? Um, I want more people to ask, ask us questions. I want more people to come to Idea Hub. Please ask more questions. That's even better. <laughs> so if you could go back in time by 10 years you'd only be a whippersnapper but what advice would you give your younger self? Um I would say I would tell myself to learn the program. I think without a doubt, learn the code. So coding is a yeah. hot tip from you? Without a doubt, yeah. So who or what is your biggest influence in life? Um, biggest influence? Um, ooh, I, wouldn't say, uh, I would say myself. I'm quite the perfectionist. I'm very much a perfectionist. So I set very high expectations of myself and keep myself accountable to them. Um, which you kind of need to do, being a startup founder at the end of the day because everything comes down to you. So, um, yeah, maybe me. Great response. So the last and toughest question, if you had to choose a piece of music that would best describe you, which song would you play? Oh, um, I have to go with something from Pearl Jam. <laughs> Anything with Pearl Jam, I like Pearl Jam. <laughs> so just the whole collection. Everything. At the moment, I'm listening. Uh, listen to Footsteps by Pearl Jam. That's very good. Very interesting. 
Well, that's the end of another episode of UQ Changemakers. If you want to learn more about innovation and startup opportunities at UQ, visit uq.edu.au forward slash changemakers, where you can also subscribe to Changemakers magazine. I'm Belinda McDougall. And I'm Katie Rowney. Our podcast was produced by Michael Jones and Jessica McGaw. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends or colleagues, leave a review on iTunes or email us at changemakers at uq.edu.au. If you want to create change, tune in next time when we interview another inspiring member of the UQ community. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.